Strengthened by Grace Radio Live is a weekly radio show and podcast where we witness God's salvation, purpose, and call in the lives of those who receive God's gift of salvation. You'll be hearing from pastors, worship leaders, and all saints who will share the story of grace, how God called them from darkness to light. Today with us we have Pastor Jeff Sobold. Here is a sneak peek. Tim, God came into this world. He came, he died on the cross. Well, how does someone 2,000 years ago dying on a cross impact me today? Because that was God. He was he's eternal in his nature. And the Bible says that he took that sacrifice 2,000 years ago and he ascended back into a timeless state, made that sacrifice effectual for every person who ever lived simultaneously, all at the same time. And he, he desires for you to know him, to come. You haven't, you weren't created for this world. You, you've been created for a glorious, for glory with God, to live in glory with God. This world is nothing more than a threshing floor. It's just simply that God created this place that for you to choose. Do you want to be with God or not? Because he doesn't want anyone there who doesn't want to be there. But everyone there is good, or want to be there, can't wait. You get saved and that's all I want to do is get there. So I would implore you, be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. He paid, he paid everything, all of your sins have been paid for already. You can reject it and, and carry those the rest of eternity if you like, but he's, carried, he's taken all your sins away, all your guilt, and he's offering eternal life for free. I, I, don't, I can't imagine a better deal than that, but again, I implore you, if you're listening, if you're tuning in, just be reconciled to God. All you need to do, cry out to God, God, I, I hear these crazy people talking or whatever, God, and, and Lord, if you're real, save me, show me, enter my life, make yourself real to me, and he will. If you are serious, be serious, cry out to God. And do it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Today is a day of salvation. Please, beg you, get saved and come to the Lord. Please. Welcome. You're listening to Strengthened by Grace Radio Live. Uh, I'm your host, Abraham Moreno, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff. So old. So old. I was going to say it, and I think I was going to get it right, but... I don't want to risk it. <laughs> this is our our story of grace series. And if you're listening to this, listen, we're doing this every single weekend. Mm -hmm. And I hope you can join us for every single episode as we are joining and, and talking about how the Lord is able to reach, to save, and to use those who never thought would be used by God. Amen. And yes. so, what do you want me to call you? Pastor Jeff or Jeff? Whatever you want to call me, yeah. Jeff, you know, you we are here right now in a conference in, in Nebraska, uh, um, Bellevue, Nebraska, with Maranatha Fellowship. What a wonderful fellowship it has yeah. been, and yes. what a wonderful time mm -hmm. of refreshing it has been. And so I'm taking this opportunity to just hear, and I want to know how the Lord was able to reach you. And I don't know the sure. full story, mm -hmm. so it's even better for me. So if I ask a lot of questions, please, please forgive me. No, no that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit how how do you come to the Lord? What was the circumstances? Um, I was born and raised in Wisconsin and uh, got into 
music and playing rock and roll music, heavy metal music especially. Really? Yes, in uh, the 80s and playing very hard rock, heavy metal. And um, I was married when I was younger and had a daughter and an annulment of a marriage. And then um, met my wife of 36 years, Candy, and... um, we worked together, but she was just as uh, lost as I was in that whole scene, playing in bars and nightclubs and just concerts and things like that. And um, I told her when we were getting married that, you know, we're either going to move to New York or L.A. because, you know, I'm not a Nashville guy. I'm not that kind of music. Where was this? <laughs> was this in Nashville? Nashville's country people. That's not me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but where were you at when this was Wisconsin. happening? Well, Wisconsin, Wisconsin still. Okay, yeah, so, so this is still local. local music scene, okay. but, you know, my sights were, you know, I'm going to be Ozzy make Osbourne. It. Yeah, I'm going to be Alice Cooper. You know, <laughs> that was it, dude. <laughs> that was, was going to be my goal, my great role models. And um, so it was either New York or L.A., and we went to New York for a honeymoon. I said, this isn't it, you know. Really? Yeah. What What turned you away? I mean, I don't know what's... I don't know how, what it has anything to do with it, but... Yeah, well, what it's was a thing? totally different music scene, you know. Okay. I mean, L.A. is more Van Halen, and I don't know if you know these bands, but, you know, that was the kind of music I was playing, and that, that was more the music. And New York was this avant-garde kind of... Uh, or indie. Yeah, new agey kind oh. of thing, you know, or, you know. What is this, 80s, 70s? 80s. Okay. Yeah, talking Heads, you ever hear of that band, you know, I mean, probably never heard of these for, people. For a lot of people, this is <laughs> yeah. one of those things you pull your phone out, I'm like, yeah. who are these yeah. people? Who Alice yes. Cooper? Yes. I, I think uh-huh. people still remember that guy. Probably, but, you know, that was, so we went to L.A. to do that, and I got heavily involved in uh, music there and playing that kind of music, hard rock, heavy metal music, and you know, was really progressing. But at the same time, early in my teens and on into that, the whole music scene, secular music scene, is heavily immersed in drugs and alcohol. And that was it. Every single night, I was in a bar drinking and you know, taking lots of drugs, and the drugs became harder and more extensive and that kind of thing. And and uh, both my wife and I, unfortunately, were very foolish in that regard. And so, you know, it just spiraled. I mean, I was progressing musically. I was in a band that began to tour. And um, we, were, we were set to tour for two years. Wow, it's a long tour. Yes, yes. And it was just dive bars, and we were nothing. But, you know, we're going to open for this band and that, and that's kind of how you do it, you know. And so we're working. That's how you work, you know. But, you, you, again, you're just in this element of, you know, complete insanity every night, you know, of drugs and alcohol, and that's part of it. And you're, you're the... You know, you're the leader of it all, and you're in the band. You know, so, so you get to be the the star. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this. Uh, I, to be honest, here's a full disclosure. I've never done drugs. Uh, the Lord thankfully well, prevented me from a lot of that pain. Yes. But mm-hmm. they always talk about gateway drugs. Is that really a thing? I I guess you know. Or I is it more of the sense you're already there doing drugs? It's kind of like here's another thing to do. Here's another thing yeah, to do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. And um, so like when you're in Wisconsin, rural Wisconsin, they have marijuana. They have you know stuff like that. You get to L.A. and they got really bad, yep. satanic 
drugs, occultic drugs. Really? Yes, very bad. And that was, so in that sense, yes. When we got there, and of course, if you're going to be part of the scene, you have to be, you know, <coughs> doing those things. You know, it came with that kind of music. That I mean, you, there's not like, uh, you know, those bands, those types of bands, that whole scene is unfortunately very drug-induced alcohol. The music is made to fuel that kind of alternate reality. What age are you about this time? I'm 61. And the time when this was going on, I was uh, late 20s. So early, uh, late 20s, so 20-something, almost 30. Yes. So you were not, uh, the Lord didn't grab you that young. No. You you were like mid-age yes. mid almost. Yes. Yeah. So so there you are, you're in L.A., mm -hmm. you're, you believe you're making it. You 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 you're a rising star if you would. I'm not, I don't want to yeah. oversell it. No, but, no, no. But that's the path, like you said. You that's start opening. In your mind, yes. yeah. Yeah, you're, you're opening yes. to. You're playing mm -hmm. on bars. Mm -hmm. You're opening for other bands that are, you you know that you're thinking someday I'm going to be the main act. Exactly, you got. And it. so there you are. But at the same time, it's involved with they do call it call it sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yes. Yep. And so there's this, this combination of things behind it. Now. How, how did that feel? I mean, was it really success? Uh, well, when you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't know anything else. I mean, That's I, true. you know, I'm in high school and I say, well, you can go to college and work really hard and take all this school, which I didn't really like, and get a career. Or here's Alice Cooper, who just went on a stage and girls flock after him and he, mm -hmm. his life's a big party. You know, for me, that was like, well, it's a no brainer, I think. That seems like the easier way. College, have yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got it, man. And so, unfortunately, that is the deception, and it's a big deception. There's thousands and thousands of people who think they're going to be that, but you get to LA and you realize there's millions of people here, probably right. just like acting. They come there, they're going to be Brad Pitt or whatever. But you know, sorry, there's one Brad Pitt, and there's a million other nobodies like me. Yeah, you know? that's. I mean, you're not a nobody. The Lord found you. Yes, praise but, God. Yes, uh, that is true. We lived in LA for multiple years, uh, in Bible college and so on. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly, there's there's a band in every corner. Yes, and, and I don't yes. mean it lightly. There's no. It's not uncommon to be in your house and hear somebody play music, yes. like practicing band stuff. Uh, so, so you're this in. You're finding yourself in the world rising, perhaps, but when reality. Is consuming you at the same time. Yes. Yeah. So what what is the what what was what happened after that? The um, you know there was two two kind of seminal events. One is the band I was in because we were on certain radio uh, stations. Our music we got offered to go to France and. Um, And a, conf a conference, you know, there, but a music conference huh. where uh, you basically peddle your music to publishers who then will, you know, um, buy it and, and distribute it for you. And, and we were given an opportunity to go there. And we were in the, um, uh, the it's a really huge event. And they had different, you know, genres of music in, in different areas. We were in the metal, heavy metal, hard rock area. We had a booth and, you know, publishers would come and they'd talk to you and you're trying to sell yourself. It was a year that the, um, the 
Soviet Union collapsed. Okay. And there were all these bands from atheist countries. Huh. Who, you know, this is the music we're involved in, but when you're listening to Ozzy and Alice Cooper, you think this is kind of a... Just kind of a performance, you know. They're just yeah. being trying to be shocking to get fans, and it's kind of it, it works. Know, it, it works. <laughs> it works. We saw bands there. At least I did. Even though I wasn't a believer, they took their Satanism seriously. They were serving Satan, and that's who we serve. And they were very occultic. Uh, their their um, all their promotion and everything was all. You know, satanic symbols, and you know, they just there was no bones about it. And you, there was a spirit that, even as an unbeliever, you knew this, this is really bad, yes. And so, I I can looking back, I see the Holy Spirit obviously was, you know, knocking me upside the head or whatever. The next, the other thing was, I came back and we. We were able to uh, get a, a management company who booked us a long tour. Right before we left, my wife and I found out that she was pregnant with our first child. Wow. We have seven children. Hey, that's a great number. Yes, it's a great number. And um, she found out that she was pregnant, and we took off, and we were out for about a month. And, you know, I was carrying with me in our traveling uh, bus thing, I, I, you know, with everything else, I had a sonogram that she had taken. This is my, you know, son. And just a little picture there. And again, as I can just really sense the Holy Spirit, you know, looking back, it was one of those things that I could have just blown it off and said, well, I'm, I'm going to leave them too and ruin their lives. You know, that was my, unfortunately, that was my evil ways you know and and um we came down and we played in las vegas and uh, the wives and girlfriends drove up from la and there's my candy comes out and she's she's pregnant okay (laughs) she's got a stomach and and it just hit me like a ton of bricks and i I, you know i went on a couple binges just trying because i'm so lost dude you don't know anything what else do you know you're searching you know and i don't know what i want to i love my wife and i want a family and all this but i've been working since i for a decade at least you know and and this band is it's not just you know a bunch of guys in a in a garage we formed a corporation and all these things in management that's how you you do this you know to publish your music so it was deep into it we weren't again we were nobody but we were you know thinking we would be and um it just—I couldn't bear the thought of being two years away. I'm gonna come home, and, and here's my son at I two years a, old. Yes, yeah. yeah. And you know, it just was weighing on me, weighing on me. And in the middle of you know, actually about two, two and a half months out on this tour, I told—I called my wife and I said, you know, I'm coming home. And you have to excuse me because it, it was an emotional time. But, it, you know, I called her. I said, I, I just want to be with you. Wow, and, that's, that's you a know, big sacrifice. Oh, and, and, it, and everyone's like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> what are you doing? Because, I mean, I wrote half the songs. And so, 
Um, I, I just said, you can have it all. I, I, we had to, you know, enlist a, a low-budget lawyer, but, you know, to just hand over all the rights to the music. I said, guys, again, and, you know, the guys in the band are like, Jeff, what are you doing? We've been working so hard. We're finally making it. But you're always going to, you know, there's always this carrot there, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're never going to make it, you know, but you think you are. And thankfully, you know, I, I went back, and it still was two years till the Lord um, it got a hold of us because I came back and we tried to live a moral life and we also we have two children, two boys and I have a gardening business and through the um, music business I knew how to promote and I knew how to hype and all that so our business grew very rapidly Oh wow! and so we made you know lots of money there and we were doing very well and you know we had some employees and trucks and everything but now i'm working seven days a week and you know <laughs> it's over the top and you know, same thing different horse you got it yes and you know and still doing drugs and still alcohol and because it's you you know you need an escape you know and uh at that that was when the Lord started bringing people into our life and there was one sister in particular who actually her husband was a guy we bought drugs from uh-huh. and she was a believer and we would go hang out at their house or whatever and and where's Jane you know oh she's over there you know and hanging out and you know she wouldn't join the party you know we're all out there you know doing really bad drugs and everything and his wife is this you know just doesn't want to join in it Turns out she was in there praying for us. <laughs> and, you know, it just, it, oh, it man, just makes awesome. me want to break down because, you know, I think of that every time now. It's like, God, you know, how you were so faithful. And this woman, she just is, she was a FedEx driver. But, uh, you know, I, I know that the Lord used her. She was very instrumental in, you know, just bringing stuff oh, oh you like that kind of music she would bring me like phil keggy you ever hear that oh yes 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 yes, yes, yes. Yeah. oh wow who's this guy man i i, I like that guitar playing Salvation man army yes oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that guy uh-huh. that guy making me <laughs> yes. sing to myself i don't know how to uh-huh. play guitar <laughs> mm-hmm. so the lord was using that and you know that kind of thing and um she kept telling us about uh k-wave that you're in Southern California. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And um, I'm saying I don't know what that is. And so um, one day I'm in my work truck and I'm just panning through the dial trying to find some music. And I come on K-Wave and I started listening to a pastor. It ended up being our pastor. Our pastor's uh, a man named uh, David Rosales. Yeah. Yes. Yes. David. Yes. He is our pastor and. And I, I was listening, and I, I, we were Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. All we knew was Mass, and we had started going back to Mass, you know, and, and maybe that'll help. We'll go back to church Sunday morning and get the kids dressed up, and we'll go to, to Mass, you know. But, of course, you go, you leave, and go watch football or whatever, you I know. change, yeah. Yeah, and, um, but I, that's the first time I was listening, and this, this guy is like talking to me. He's talking. He's talking about the Bible in ways I've never heard. I've never been in a Protestant church in my life. And um, at the same time, my wife was listening to K Wave because uh, Jane had been telling her about it once. So, January 6, 1993. Um, 
what do you want to do tonight? You know, we're sitting in our house. Um, well, you know, we both found out we're listening to this day. Well, let's tune into this. It was a Monday night, Greg Laurie live oh, from wow. Costa Mesa. We listened to the whole program. He gave an altar call. We were in our kitchen. We bowed our heads, got saved, wow. got born again. We lifted our heads up. I never did another drug. I never drank again, even 15 years of cigarettes. Never had oh, it. I oh, never did it again. Wow. And just, look, you know, went forward with hands in the plow, you know, not knowing what we're doing. We kept going to Catholic church. But now I had a warrior for Christ church. church you know, you walk into a Catholic church with that on, and people are like, oh, you, I don't you, think you, you got yeah. a Bible. Yeah. What are you doing in here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the wrong place, maybe. Yes. And so let's go. Well, I've been listening to this guy, David Rosales. Let's go to that church. So. We ended up going there, and you know, and tell him to this day. We were walking. It's a big church. I don't know if you've ever been to Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley, no. but it, it's. I mean, probably five, six thousand people. And as we are walking in the parking lot, this brother came along. He ended up being a good friend, a missionary. But I mean, just randomly, of all the people, hey, how are you guys? You know, you new here yet? Oh, you're gonna love Pastor David. He's a pastor's pastor. I had no clue even what a pastor was. I only knew about what a priest was. Mm -hmm. And I, hadn't, I didn't know what that meant. I do now. Yeah. I knew that God put us in a place because he is a pastor's pastor. And I'm so thankful for that because it wasn't long after that we really sensed the call to, you know, we love this. And, you know, um, we came to Wisconsin to uh, visit my wife's father. He was um, dying of cancer. And we drove up to Appleton, Wisconsin. It was probably uh, four hours to go to a church, a Calvary Chapel. We were all excited. We go up there. This isn't like the church we're in California, thousands of people. Yeah. And oh, man, all the excitement, you know, just in the local thing. and. And I'm a new believer, and we're flying back, and and that the Lord just really convicted me, you know, because I'm I'm telling my wife and thinking, oh man, I'm glad we don't live back there, you know. <laughs> we get to come oh, no, here. We got those. three worship teams, and yeah. oh man, every day there's stuff going on, and you know, the Lord just really convicted me through His Word about just being prideful, and you know, why are you even coming? You know, I mean, it's, it's just so you can be entertained, and and so uh, it's really sad, man. And the conviction was, you know, if that's if you got to drive four hours, maybe you should go do what you're seeing here and do the same thing in Wisconsin. People need it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so these are the things going through our brain. And thankfully, we're in a church where uh, they had Bible College Extension there, and. Um, I was able to go to that, and um, then Pastor David had a pastor's class, a two-year pastor's class after the Bible College, which was, um, it was like a boot camp, you know, it was really? I'm so thankful for him. You know, he's a guy who I know when he would teach at the Bible College in Marietta or whatever, he would have people drop out of his class because he, he would, and he'd tell us this. He'd say, you know, I, I signed, you know, four books. 
And they're like, that's way too much. He said, what do you think a pastor does? You've got to better get used to it. Reading, yes, and, and studying. And um, so he had this class, and there were eight of us. And it, it was, you had to put in, you had to apply for it. And there's 60 people applied. He picked 15 people at the first meeting that were brought in. And it's just how he is. I mean, he said, this, you know, you're a missionary. This is a pastor's class. You're a missionary. You're, and he actually told a couple guys, I don't think you're called to be a pastor. And, you know, just killed them, you know. I mean, they were there all excited. They were going to go to the pastor's class. But, hey, but better early yes, than late, though, exactly. Because it's not an easy call. Exactly. It's, it's, yes. it's work. It's, it's sacrifice. It's, yep. it's, it's not an easy call. No, it's not. It's, it's a wonderful call. Yes, it's and it's wonderful. That's what to, I love about him. I'm yeah. so thankful to sit under a man like that who did it. Just when I'm not going to waste your time, and you know, it got to eight of us, and each guy, eight of us, each had a destination oh. that we were going to like. Madison, the Lord already put that on our heart, and and he, he, each of the eight guys had a destination that. Um, you know, we're going to go plant a church there. So I think that was kind of the determining factor. But he was like, I'm going to train you up. And, you know, he brought in really good uh, teachers, different, um, you know, classes, doctrinal classes and things like that. I'm going to train you up. At the end of the class, I'm going to kick you out of this church. I don't want a bunch of wannabe pastors just hanging around. You know? <laughs> Waiting for me to die or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, cutting in and trying to be, you know, you say you're called here. You're going to go there. And we'll do everything we can to support you. I mean, not give you money, but, you know, spiritually praying. And they do to this day, you know. Yeah. And um, it was just uh, in July, actually, he had his 40th anniversary of um, ministry. And Candy and I, and we have two sons left at home out of our seven kids. And we rented a car and we drove took us a week we drove to southern california so we could be there for that and just you know surprise them and be with a bunch of other pastors and all the people that you know came out of that ministry and that was a blessing and so we were able to see them you know in july and then drove home you know all in a week <laughs> so, but it was we yeah. went to the grand canyon and stuff but um anyway that is the that's where it's at now and we've been out in wisconsin madison 23 years Wow, that's that's quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yes, twenty-three years. Yes, mm-hmm. it's been a long, long, you know, just crazy time because Wisconsin, um, nobody knows who Calvary Chapel is. Yeah, that's right. I think many people, I, I, at least, encounter in our own area. Many people, when they think, "Oh, and there's a Calvary Chapel in McAllen," uh-huh. expect a five thousand people church, uh-huh. and they're like, "Well." <laughs> We're not a 5,000 people church. Yes. Because California has been so blessed to have, and I believe it's the influence of the Holy Spirit, of course, yeah. but also the radios, uh, the radio oh, yeah. K-Wave for so many years, just mm-hmm. pouring out God's word, and pouring out God's word, and pouring out God's word. And what is it, like 30 years old? Yes. So the water is so, f- the, the water, the, it's so fertile over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's such a blessing. And and now more with time, as we with the radio station, I think we have about five years about five years running it, and we're beginning to see a difference. Mm-hmm. We're beginning to see a difference of people starting to be like, hey, so yes, teach God's word. And yes. and, and it's it's a long process. And it, it like, it's it, it is fruitful in the sense that people are coming to the Lord. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I do have seen that a Calvary Chapel guys will come to our church and be like, 
It's too small for me. We're going to go yeah. to the bigger church. Mm-hmm. God bless you. We, as long as you're in fellowship, <laughs> yeah. we care that you're in fellowship. Exactly, yeah. Seek the Lord. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, huh? And anybody yeah. local, they don't know anything on us. What is Calvary Chapel? Yeah. Like, what kind of, what kind of soda name, is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a married wedding chapel or something? <laughs> I have those calls too. Yeah. You guys marry people there? I'm like, yeah. yep. Only mostly <laughs> yeah. people who come to the church. Come to the church and we'll marry yeah, you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Now, let me let me ask you this. So, what would you be in your encouragement? In the area of McAllen, it's actually, there's a lot of musicians, actually. There's actually yeah. an underground rock uh, type of thing. There's a lot of country because it's Texas. Yeah. But there certainly is that, that the musician aspect of it. There's a lot of aspiring musicians. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, one of my friends from church, his brother is an excellent, excellent guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't know the Lord. And so one time I was having lunch with him and I shared the gospel with him. But, you know, he's in the in the mid-high. Oh, I'm, I'm going to make it. Yes. I've been at yeah. it for 10 years. So mm-hmm. we tell to somebody like that who who has all their hopes, all their expectations, all of their their dreams, you know, tied up to who they think they are mm-hmm. by their skill. Yeah. I, you know, I would, anything I'd tell them probably would just bounce off of them. I mean, if they were reasonable and wanted to listen, I would say get born again. There's plenty, you know, let God redeem that music. The gift, yeah. When, yes, when I got saved, I didn't play guitar for two years, and I'm actually a bass player. No, oh, okay. But, you know, I can play guitar, percussion, whatever. You know, but I'm just a musician. But for two years, I didn't want anything to do with it, and because I felt filthy, I had like 12 oh. guitars, and I got rid of them all, and just putting it on, it was it was bad. I didn't like it, and thankfully there was a worship leader there. We actually had a. Um, video we did and it was on MTV on late night MTV you know it wasn't prime time or anything but it was on what's called Headbangers Ball and um, this guy saw it you know <laughs> that's you you know <laughs> you're vacuuming the sanctuary you know <laughs> and it was my job you know I just was so thankful to be saved and to be working at church anything for God we were there seven days a week you know just so blessed to be saved And um, he took me under his wing and discipled me. And God redeemed that music. Wow. And that's what I would say, man. It, you know, it's so much more fulfilling and redeeming to, yes. to play music for God than for Satan. Because Satan just, he, he just will use you and throw you away. And God will, is, you know, a glory, you know, it was all worth it to have to be able to get saved and see God redeem that now because we have very active worship ministry at our church Lord. and we raise up young kids and disciple them and you know and I can just play anywhere I can lead I can but you know always getting other people involved and and so you know that you know is a real blessing to just uh, see God redeem it all for his glory. And people will come because, you know, people who like music will come because they like the music there. Yeah. So God can redeem it and is way more fulfilling and satisfying and glorifying to God, obviously. But And impactful, you know, yes. for oh, truly what it is. Yes. It's yeah. impacting a new generation. Yes, it's a blessing, very, very blessed. Well, one more question after that, but hold on. Can you share the gospel with somebody right now? Yes. Whoever, here's my scenario. I always picture this scenario. Our advertising, our advertising budget is the Holy Spirit. 
uh-huh. and so <laughs> you have no possession or any any other other earthly possessions. Um, but I have countered so many people who said, you know, I just turned the radio station by accident, and the Lord mm-hmm. was speaking to me. How we share the gospel with somebody. Yes, you know, God um, is a cliche almost, but it's not. It's God's word that God so loves the world. God created us to know him. God created us in his image to know him and with a desire. And he sent his son to come to this to earth, to enter into the very creation he made so as to show us what a true life is what real life is he modeled it jesus christ jesus of nazareth is a historical person he is a a man but he did he changed history his life you're talking about someone who never owned a thing He, he borrowed a stable he borrowed a mom he borrowed a coin to give an illustration he borrowed a boat he but he, he he borrowed a cross he borrowed a tomb to die in someone that from the world's perspective should never have been anything successful but that man i would challenge you look examine reason he came to this earth to live that way, to make that impact. Everything's either, all history comes right up to him. The rest of the history comes after him. That's because God sent him. God came into this world. He came, he died on a cross. Well, how does someone 2,000 years ago dying on a cross impact me today? Because that was God. He was, he's eternal in his nature. And the Bible says that he took that sacrifice 2,000 years ago and he ascended back into a timeless state, made that sacrifice effectual for every person who ever lived simultaneously, all at the same time. And he, he desires for you to know him, to come. You, haven't, you weren't created for this world. You, we've been created for a glorious for glory with God to live in glory with God this world is nothing more than a threshing floor it's just simply that God created this place that for you to choose do you want to be with God or not because he doesn't want anyone there who doesn't want to be there but everyone there is good or want to be there can't wait you get saved and that's all I want to do is get there so I would implore you be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ he paid, he paid everything, all of your sins have been paid for already. You can reject it and, and carry those the rest of eternity if you like, but he's, carry, he's taken all your sins away, all your guilt, and he's offering eternal life for free. I, I, don't, I can't imagine a better deal than that, but again, I implore you, if you're listening, if you're tuned in, and just be reconciled to God. All you need to do, cry out to God. God, I, I hear these crazy people talking or whatever, God. And, and Lord, if you're real, save me. Show me. Enter my life. Make yourself real to me. And he will. If you are serious, be serious. Cry out to God and do it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Today is a day of salvation. Please. Back, get get saved, come to the Lord, please. Amen to that. Now, I do have one more question for you. I don't know if you're willing to share with us. In one of your teachings, you, he uh, Jeff got to share in one of the couple of sessions on the conference. 
and both of the teachings were really excellent. Uh, thank, thank you. You, you got to send me the notes. Uh, I like them a lot. No, you can read them. <laughs> what, what I say, what <laughs> like, handwritten. It was five dollars a, a, yeah, a yeah. pop. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was uh, <laughs> what's his name's price? Uh, yes, Seth's that. price. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but but you share about suffering, yes. and, and you know many many Christians who who have not grown in the word, who have not read the word by themselves or or having fed properly if you would they believe that suffering is a punishment of god mm-hmm. and and there's there's a big confusion it's a super bad doctrine that that if you're sick it's because you lack faith if you're sick it's because god doesn't love you if you're sick it's because you're in sin if you're sick and, and you we heard all of these things but now mm-hmm. coming from a pastor I think it's important for if you can share with us, if you're willing to share with us, sure. what what is that? What has he taught? What has he taught you, mm-hmm. as 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 you gone through this process? If you if you can, if you want to. Yes. Um, well, uh, I shared at the first session 15 years ago. I started having really bad seizures, and I had different, multiple ones. I, the first one, I woke up in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. I had a grandma seizure in the middle of the night. Then I began having uh, what are called partial complex seizures. You and I would be doing this and I would completely blank out for a minute or two minutes. Wow. And so the church, you know, and we have our church body and I was leading worship and several times I had a seizure while I'm leading worship. I would be playing and I wouldn't even know it. This is the crazy thing about these types of seizures. I, I, I would stop in the middle of a song and just be playing and the elders would come up, and, I, and after service, I would I'd snap out of it. I would finish the song, I'd teach, and I wouldn't even know it. And one of my wow. kids would come up, Dad, are you all right? And, yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> what <laughs> service <laughs> stopped. <laughs> and, you know, it was really, oh, wow. for me, it's like, God, I don't want to be a distraction, you know. It was very humbling. It was very humiliating you know I don't have a seizure in the back room I get in front of the whole church you know at a couple while I was teaching and um, you know several different kinds and I was trying to see a doctor and one thing that that, you know was very uh, enlightening to me at the time because I mean immediately you're thinking how do I fix this and I had a, a friend who was a believer and a doctor and he got all of my MRIs and everything to, you know, he said he would look in because I don't trust these other people. They just want to give you drugs and, you know, yeah. I've done enough of those, you know, so I don't want to do that again. So he got all my x-rays, all these things. He's looking and said, you know, it looks like everything's fine, you know, because you, know, you think you have a tumor or some kind of disease. And it, they just, when you just have seizures, they call it epilepsy. And we don't yeah. know why it could be uh, all kinds of things. But he looked at it all, and then, you know, when I'm giving a diagnosis, he said, Jeff, has, has this affliction, you know, um, uh, caused a diminishing in the ministry? Is it hurting the ministry? And I said, no, it's actually doing very well. And he said, then what's the problem? <laughs> that's not what you want to hear from your doctor. No, how do you fix it? Yeah, you know? This is the answer. You yes, just take this yeah. pill. Yeah, and I went for four years trying to find something. I was going to neurologists and everything, 
And people kept telling me about, I don't want to be the advocate for the ketogenic diet, okay? But I am. And if yeah. you have epilepsy, because people would tell me about this. I'm like, no, it's not that easy. You don't get it, you know? No, if you just eat right. And um, I, after having another seizure during service, you know, and just like broken, going, God, why are you allowing this? And, you know, my wife's like, well, why don't we just try this, you know, and what's, it's not going to hurt. So we, I went on it very strict. It's like no carbohydrate diet, yeah. man, and um, it, no sugar. For 16 weeks, I didn't have a seizure. Wow. Yes. And then a- after 16 weeks, I ate a couple English muffins. And it got and you. And I had a seizure. Wow. Yeah. And so I talked, I found a neurologist who deals with ketogenic diet. And, and that what happens, this is how amazing the body is. Um, when you are only burning fat, you know, when you are, you know, there's no carbohydrates, you keep the weight on sugar and all that, you're only burning fat, your body produces natural anticonvulsants. And that's mm. how they used to treat epilepsy. Really? Yeah and seizures and so it works and now I continue to have um, I will have random seizures in the middle of the night and they're called nocturnal seizures you know it's like I didn't know there was all these different kinds but when I am falling asleep at a certain point in my sleep pattern I am still susceptible and I'll have a seizure and at least that's that's a little bit more it's a blessing in disguise per se because it's it's not happening during service. Exactly. It's not happening. Yes. It's still allowing not you to do ministry. Day. You know, yes, yeah. it's, it's such a blessing because I yeah. won't invite you to our vigil, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're welcome to come to yeah. our vigil. Yes. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that is a blessing because it's been it years. You know that yeah. where it's because I would be counseling somebody and then there's all these elders around. They were called <sighs> in and it was just awful. And wow. you know, like I, you know. God, I don't want to just, you know, freak people out. I mean, one one day, someone was there. It was so funny because a year after, I was talking to somebody because I had a seizure. I didn't know it. And did worship, taught a a message, gave an altar call, and several people got saved. And a year later, I was talking, oh, remember that day? And I gave an altar call. People got saved. Someone was standing there and said, I got saved. I didn't know you had a seizure. I thought it was like part of the service. You're, you got one of those <laughs> yeah. Buster Chuck's pauses, yeah. you know, like 10-minute pause. Yeah. Like, is he going to say something again? What's yeah, gonna... you got this look like you had a seizure. I thought you was in the spirit on the Lord's day, man. <laughs> let, let me ask you, what did that? how does that your Lord use it? I, I'm a big believer that the Lord doesn't waste anything. No, man, no. He, he doesn't waste anything. Even our, our worst experiences that we have in our lives, I think the Lord can redeem Know, for his grace, for his glory. Certainly does. Yes. And has he taught you anything? Has he? Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but has he? Has he helped you to grow in a certain way in your with the Lord? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes. I mean, faith. Just knowing. I mean, having to get over the fact that I could have a seizure tonight and not be able to serve tomorrow, and that's happened. Okay. We've got a really good assistant pastor who, you know, he's always ready to get in the pulpit, but it has happened. I've had really bad ones, and I'm very confused, and, you know, I'm, it takes a couple of days to get over them. They're, they're pretty bad, and, and yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, like, throw my shoulders out of joint, and just, it's awful, you know. 
it's so bad and and but they're random you know it's not like well next tuesday at eight o'clock be ready just <laughs> yeah, in case yeah, yeah. yeah so you know i gotta just get over there and having to learn it's taken years to just rest and say god you got it and that's fine you know that's that definitely for me personally and my wife and she's just such a gift you know that she she's my dietitian she does better than the one at the, the hospital i mean seriously she's researched it all and but um and plus our church body and other people it's helped to just really help be compassionate with people you know and have people you know um, just in the body it's brought the church body together in ways probably wouldn't otherwise, you know. Would you pray for somebody who might be going through that? I, I think there's, there's things as pastors we get to pray for. for we pray for anything, let's be mm -hmm. honest. We were like, give me a chance to talk to the boss about your situation. I'd love to do that. Yes. You know, but there's also situations in which because we've been through there because we we've been there you know we go we're going through that yep. you have a we have a different set of passion for it or understanding for it and and right now with the whole COVID thing without going into too much detail of course there are people who are sick mm -hmm. who might be thinking you know god is punishing me but i've been a good christian i've been going to church i've been mm -hmm. reading my bible and 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 yet why am i finding myself sick why do i find these things and and the reality is we live in a fallen world. Our chemical balances are all over the place. Uh, some of us don't have that. Some of us may have it. But at the end, there's the truth that the Lord is good through all of this. Yeah. And even if you're sick with COVID, you're sick with cancer, you're sick with any disease, mm -hmm. the Lord is able and is present in the in a most difficult times and circumstances. So will you, will you be kind enough to pray for the person that right now is turning to this and saying, you know, I relate to that. I mean, it may not be seizures, it may be sure. cancer, it may be something else, but but I'm going through hurt, and and, and it's not my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm loving no, the Lord, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my brother and just the ministry here and the opportunity, God, to just be part of it. And Lord, I do pray for any brothers and sisters out there who find themselves in that situation and they're wondering why why are you allowing this why does this happen it's it happens god we know it happens because this world isn't our home this world we're just getting prepared for our home so please god i pray that you would impress upon their hearts and lord thank you i do I, i'm no, no hero but i do thank you god for affliction so that it's really easy to hear someone pray and and say what do you know god but i can pray as david in psalm 34 and and that poor man cried and the lord heard him yes. and i can be in that place in this particular area lord of affliction or or some kind of a disease or a health issue, God, for that reason, Lord, to just be able to go through things and endure things for those around me, those we're praying for right now, Lord, that, that God, that they can grow and they can mature and, and it, Lord, endure through it. And so in turn, there will be others around them who can look to them and gather hope and gather 
a confidence that you can get through this life with affliction. You can get through this life with uh, hardship. It's, that's what this life is. And while we don't understand it now, and I'm not asked to. I'm not asked to understand it. God, please, if there's someone listening, that they would just put all their trust in you, God, and learn how to do that. The best place where we all want to be, God, if you got to afflict my flesh, I'm sorry that you have to go to that extreme. But, God, if that's what it takes so that I can be closer to you, Lord God, and uh, and give someone else some encouragement, Lord, then it's so worth it. And please, God, lift up their spirits, encourage them, cause them to draw near to you in your word and prayer. Fellowship is so important. Be around other believers who can pray for you. God, please hold them up, bring them encouragement, Lord, as you have done for me and for my wife and my children. And God, just uh, the things we've gone through. You have made us better Christians. You've made us better servants of yours here on earth, Lord. You have, and I know, Lord, that there is a great rewards. Not that we're serving for great reward, but from what I understand, our rewards are we're able to give you glory, even that much more. And that's what I want, Lord. And so, please, God, encourage those listening. And, and thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy and the power that you give us by your spirit in Jesus name amen amen Jeff you're a blessing before we we leave and let me shake your hand I love you man I barely yeah. met you but right. we have this common union in Christ Jesus amen. Yeah. Uh, how do people find you uh, find me um, www.calvarychapelmadison.com Calvary Chapel Madison, and I'm sure in there you'll find all the Facebook stuff, all the YouTube stuff, yes, yeah. all the social media stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad you joined us. Well, thank you. Thank it's you for sharing pleasure. sharing uh, what God has done, and mm-hmm. this episode is sponsored by KCCN, CitizenRadio.org. You can listen, uh, well, that's the website, KCCN, Citizen Radio, 105.9. The website is KCCN.org, where you can listen live from your phone. You can ask Alexa, Alexa, play KCCN, and you can listen also there and of course uh calvary chapel mccallan for sponsoring the travel and everything we're doing today uh you can visit calvary chapel mccallan at ccmccallan.org and we encourage you get connected follow the lord love the lord find a church that wants to teach you the word and and growing his grace amen mm-hmm. amen thank you so much jeff all right thank you i appreciate it a lot all right.